You know what's funny is that I talk to myself out loud a lot when I'm on my own and when I hit the record button I just seem to totally freeze and sound so awkward and it's, it's just kind of funny how when you are recording your own voice it just you almost get it's like getting stage fright but I talk to myself all the time so it shouldn't really be that difficult but anyway hi I'm Emily Welcome back to Thought Closet. And this episode, I'm going to be talking about Ojibwe dream catchers. So I hope you enjoy. Um, just to start it off, uh, I was having a bit of a rough week this week, but I took a little time to relax and I'm feeling a bit better now. Um, my anxiety was quite high. And I've found that when you are dealing with mental illness, it's really important to take as much time as you can afford for yourself to focus on taking care of yourself before anything else. Because if you aren't well, you lose the ability to be your most creative, your most caring, your most supportive and loving self. Or at least that's what I've found in my experience. Um, but thankfully today is feeling much better and brighter. So hopefully just on the up and up from here. I listened back to my first episode and realized that ancient Egypt was a massive subject. And I think I overdid it a bit for myself and probably drove my anxiety up the wall um, from that. So I'm honing, honing my focus in a little bit this week where I'm still challenging myself, but on one specific, specific subject rather than trying to cram an entire 3,000-year-old ancient civilization into a 20-minute episode. So I'll definitely be revisiting ancient Egypt in the future to focus more deeply on their dream culture because it was extremely fascinating. I thought I'd bring it a little closer to home this week and talk about the story of the Ojibwe dream catchers. Oh, oh my goodness. I'm actually so excited about this topic. Um, I never had a dream catcher, I don't think. I've never had one growing up, but I always knew people who did have them and I've always been really fascinated with them and, you know, they're obviously aesthetically beautiful and... Uh, magical and they have so much of a deeper meaning than I actually had originally thought and I'm excited to explore that subject with you and uh, share what I've found. I've also noticed very quickly that when researching dreams in different cultures it's almost impossible not to explain a brief statement of their beliefs about the world and the universe as they are so closely linked together. Um, it's, it's really hard to understand why a culture would think a certain way about dreams and dream inter interpretation if we first are not aware of how they view the world and their existence as a whole. And of course, as you'll come to realize going forward, that I'm always picking the most difficult subjects to wrap my head around, but maybe that's just the beauty of it. Anyway, Enough introduction, let's get into it. The first thing that is important to understand is that it'll be very difficult to understand. 
what's going on here if you don't have a background in the Aboriginal way. There are hundreds of First Nations people throughout the world, but the Ojibwe people are located in the northern USA and Canada. Within this culture, the universe is alive with the spirit of Manitou. There is no separation of man from the environment. They are a whole being working in unison together to create balance and harmony. Belief to the Ojibwe is a process of being. It is a continual development of consciously living every day. It is the growth from one stage to the next in the circle of life through childhood, adolescence, adulthood, and old age, moving through the passages of knowledge and understanding to find one's true purpose and fulfill it to the best of their ability. Finding themselves within the known and the unknown, which creates the great mystery of the universe itself. Now, this is such a heavy concept, I can barely wrap my head around it, and I can only connect a few dots in my own mind about it. Um, and I really hope that if you're interested in this subject, you'll go and do your own research about how they thought the world um, or how they think and believe the world works. I, um, although I have to say it was really difficult to research the Ojibwe because it is a part of their ritual to specifically relay stories of history and spirit through word of mouth from one generation to the next. So not much is actually recorded and written down. But that's all the better because it gives you the opportunity to get off the couch and find out where your closest First Nations group lives and maybe ask them yourselves. Okay, on to the dream catchers. Oh, I know, it's been a journey already to get here. I hope I haven't lost you quite yet. Long ago, when the nations were all located on what was known as Turtle Island, Asabikashi, the spider woman, helped Wanabozu, a hero, bring the sun back to the people. Now, I'm not really sure why they had to bring it back. Um, I'm interpreting, what I'm interpreting from this is that these spirits worked together to end the night and bring a new day to the people in a continuous cycle of night and day. To this day, as the sun rises, you may see Azubakashi's special web amongst the grass or within the brush. As the morning dew slides along the strands, the sun can be seen sparkling each dewdrop, capturing its solar rays. I'm not sure if you have ever seen a spider's web in the morning hours, but I highly recommend going on a little hunt when the spring comes. If your house is around a park or a wooded area, go for a little adventure and see if you can find a spider web capturing the day. It's an entrancing sight, for sure. Asebakashi was the caretaker of children and of all the people of the land. However, when the Ojibwe dispersed across the land to fulfill a prophecy, um, I actually wasn't able to find what that prophecy was, but there was a prophecy and the reason that they had to disperse across the land was because they had to fulfill it. So that's, that's kind of all I know. Asebakasi had a difficult time traveling to all the cradle boards to ensure the safety and peace of the children. 
So she taught the grandmothers, the mothers, and the sisters how to weave a magical web from the new ba- for the new babies using willow hoops, sinew, which is shredded fibers of animal tendon that has a certain type of protein in it that actually acts like a glue when it dries and it shrinks, which means you don't have to knot it. So that was used as uh, the string fibers and also other cordage made from fiber plants. There were feathers attached close to the center, which represented the breath, the breath or air, which is essential to our life. The air swirling around the feather was meant to be to entertain the baby, but also to teach the lesson of how important fresh air was. The feathers themselves had specific meaning as well. The feather of an owl represents wisdom. This was seen as a female energy, and the feather of an eagle represents courage, which is male energy. These feathers weren't determined by the gender of the baby. It was more that if an energy was needed or wanted, they would select it depending on what they wished for the baby to gain in their life. The web within the hoop was traditionally structured like a spider's web with a hole in the middle to allow good dreams to come through. They would slide gently down the attached feathers and into the minds of the sleeping babe. A small stone or gem would represent the spider mother within the web. And the web, as you can probably guess, was there to capture bad dreams. And as the sun rose, the first rays of light would destroy these negative energies. This dream catcher material was not meant to last forever, however, and as the baby aged, so did the dream catcher. The willow material dried out, collapsing the sinew or cord, which represented the natural movement from babe to childhood. I actually couldn't find much on adult dream catchers, except that it is important to select proper materials in order for it to be strong so that it may last a long time unlike the natural breaking of the child's dream catcher. I thought that this was such a beautiful and elegant way of connecting the spirit realm and how it meant a lot to them to protect their children from external forces that we do not yet understand. The dream world is a huge part of Aboriginal culture, and I may come back to it at some point, as of course there is still so much to learn about how they understand and interpret dreams. As for now, I hope you enjoyed that small delve into dream catchers, and if you know more about dream catchers or the dream world of the Ojibwe nation or other Aboriginal cultures, I would love to hear from you. Also, if you're interested in purchasing a dream catcher, I would suggest checking out if there is a local Ojibwe or First Nations artist near you who you can support. I'll see if I can find a few to link in the bio of the YouTube video if you can't find any yourself. I have a few topics lined up for the next few episodes, but if there's anything specific you'd like to hear, please give me a shout. You can email me at thoughtcloset at gmail.com. That's with a three instead of an E in closet. I'm also on all the social medias like Instagram, Twitter, and I'm trying out TikTok for the first time as well, which is pretty fun. (laughs) So if you'd like to check out some of my information on there, I'd love to hear from you. And thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a beautiful day. Bye!